The serious side of the J. Ross Show is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network. My father's conversation with me was daily. My grandfather uh, talked to me as a, as, a, as a black man from Augusta, Georgia, growing up in the Deep South. Frightening. And I'm being very light when I use the word frightening. If something goes wrong, your first line of defense, uh, you know, your parents not being there, is to go to the police. If you're Caucasian. So, well, I, I mean, yes, still, that's what you still, teach your children. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it can't work for black children, right? right? Being an African-American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people. What I love about you as my son is I remember when we thought about having you and, you know, knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow. You are the Muhammad Ali, you are the Malcolm X, you are the Martin Luther King. You are an amazing young man, and the future is yours. And I will do my best to make sure you're safe. That's it. I love you. Why should I vote? Nothing ever changes. The system is rigged. Why bother? Whether you're trying to get dinner on the table after working a double shift, dropping baby off with grandma, or studying for exams, voting can feel like the furthest thing from your mind. You might even feel like it's just not worth it. But that's exactly what some people want you to think. The truth is, when we stay home, things stay the same or they get worse. But when we all vote, we get new ideas and new energy. We get leaders who share our values and listen to our voices. That's how we change America. And that's why it's so important to register right now and vote this November. And in every election, go to whenweallvote.org or text WEALLVOTE to 97779 to get started and know that your vote will make a difference. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. With a political fight brewing over when the Senate should vote on a successor to the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, President Trump says his role in the matter is clear. So Article 2 of our Constitution says the president shall nominate justices of the Supreme Court. I don't think it can be any more clear, can it? I don't think so. President Trump speaking at a campaign rally in Fayetteville, North Carolina last night as he promised to nominate a a woman this week. Mourners held vigils across the country. The nation's capital people packed the street in front of the Supreme Court last night to celebrate Justice Ginsburg's life. NPR's Danielle Kerslaven is there. The vigil was part memorial service, paying respects to Ginsburg and her Jewish faith with prayer and blowing the shofar. It was also part political rally. Massachusetts Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren drew some of the loudest cheers of the night, speaking forcefully against the possibility of Republican senators, led by Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, trying to confirm a new justice this close to Election Day. Mitch McConnell believes 
that this fight is over. What Mitch McConnell does not understand is this fight has just begun. McConnell has said that this Senate would vote on a nominee, but he has not given a time frame for when that could happen. Danielle Kurtzleben, NPR News, Washington. President Trump says he's approving a deal to save the social media app TikTok, averting a ban set that had been set to take effect at midnight tonight. NPR's Bobby Allen reports the agreement will give American companies control of U.S. user data on the Chinese app. Software company Oracle and Walmart will together own 20% of a new company called TikTok Global. Oracle will store all of TikTok's U.S. user data. Walmart will invest in TikTok and bring its e-commerce to the app. Trump says the agreement resolves the White House's national security concerns with TikTok, but experts say the deal falls short of a complete sale, and Beijing-based ByteDance retains much of the power. TikTok says four of the five board members of the new company are American, including Walmart CEO Doug McMillan. The Commerce Department confirms it's delaying its TikTok ban. The new deal awaits approval from regulators. Bobby Allen, NPR News, San Francisco. People along the Texas coast preparing for tropical storm Beta. Beta is slowly moving over the Gulf of Mexico, expected to make landfall sometime tomorrow. On the west coast, strong winds are fanning the flames of a wildfire burning in the mountains northeast of Los Angeles. The Bobcat Fire has prompted authorities to issue evacuation orders in Oregon and Washington State. Cooler, damper weather is aiding firefighting efforts. This is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench. Women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions. The next justice could fundamentally alter the direction of the Supreme Court and have a profound impact on our country. So, of course, of course, the American people should have a say in the court's direction. If you're asking me a hypothetical about whether this Republican Senate would uh, confirm a member of the Supreme Court to a vacancy that created this year. Before November. Yeah, it, we would fill it. March 11th, the fears that COVID-19 was spreading largely unchecked confirmed. A global pandemic the like of which not seen in a century. But already the U.S. knew what it was dealing with. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had confirmed community spread in February. The U.S. president restricted air travel from China and the European Union. But in front of the cameras, Donald Trump was still saying the virus would just disappear. It's going away now. It'll go away. Things go away. You know, a lot of people think that goes away in April. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. With Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much and good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. Today is September 20th, 
2020. And here are the topics that we will discuss during today's show. The Notorious RBG, that's right, Supreme Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away at the young age of 87 this past, uh, well, actually last night. Uh, we will honor this woman, this titan of a woman this morning on the serious side. Hypocrite, pop quiz time. How do you spell hypocrite? Well, GOP will explain. And 200K, yeah, that figure might be a good figure if you had won that amount of money on a scratch-off lottery ticket. But in this case, that number represents something that could have been avoided. And quite frankly, something that someone should, or someone or somebody should go to jail behind. We'll talk about that as well. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. What a lot to talk about this morning. Let me bring in my beautiful sis. She watches NBC, CNN, I think we could throw Fox in there too every now and then, and hang out with Trump supporters so you don't have to. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, How are I'm you doing? doing? I'm, you know what? I'm a little nasally getting ready to go to our favorite place, Jay, but... Hey, I'm 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 gonna make it work today, and I'm ready to get into this conversation. I tell you. Well, a lot to talk about. Thank you for being here. All right, the man uh, who uh, smooth baritone pipes brings some just just he brings the show at a very calming level. You know how they tell you people can tell you to get off and go somewhere and and kick rocks, but they can tell you in a tone where you don't even know they came at you crazy. That's this man right here. He brings it to the table. We missed him last week. He's back in the house, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be, man. Good morning, John. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Miss Vanessa. Good morning, morning, Les. Good morning, my big brother. And good morning to all those folks who allow us an opportunity to come in to their homes um, each Saturday morning then throughout the week uh as as they listen to the podcast um i'm 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 always flattered by your your remarks uh my brother and uh like i said uh, i will bring myself off those lofty clouds and a lot of good topics as usual have been selected uh by you and and less and i must say i am deeply disturbed and concerned about the hypocrisy um, that we see before us every day. So, you know, again, I'm I'm looking forward to the dialogue and um, to uh, Brother Jerome and Dr. Williams. Uh, Don't know if they'll be with us, but certainly my prayers and thoughts go out to them as well. Appreciate you. Speaking of the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the man who is really the boss that runs every damn thing around here, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Your Highness. How are you doing today? (laughs) Good morning, sir. How are you doing this fine morning? Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Hawk. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, good morning. Good, good, all, good morning, all our loyal listeners. Oh, good morning. That's right, the man said. Our loyal listeners. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. A lot to get into this morning. Thank you so much. The chat room should be open, 347-850-1270. You can jump on in, hang out on those websites that we monitor throughout the course of the show, Kathleen Williams and, uh, of course, our brother, Mr. Jerome Esprit, who was actually here last week. Um, you know, he, he explained what was going on with him and his family. Blessings out to him and to his family. You know, his mom looks like she's going to be okay. Long road of... Uh, recovery ahead, so he'll you know come in when he can. But obviously, anytime you're dealing with something like that, um, you know there's no expectations for him to be here. And if he shows up, it's a blessing and a privilege to you all to be able to hear from him. And of course, we already talked about uh, you know entire private eye. We we won't even go into detail. She'll be here when she gets here. But in the meantime, once again, the number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A lot to get into this morning. A lot. We're gonna start off by you know just doing what we can to honor this great titan of a woman who just passed away um and we just have so much to get into and i'm going to apologize because i already know at some part of the show i'm going to get very upset and i'm going to call some people out and they're going to get called out today it just needs to happen it's going to happen today mm-hmm. okay i was trying like you know i try to skate around it and stuff like that but I, i'm at a point where no more i mean no more sugarcoating anything it's time to get down we get into the final days so we cannot be messing around with this nonsense anymore. And we're not going to put up with it. I mean, we're just not going to do it. I mean, so today is your day to get called out. And, you know, Mr. Elias, before we get into the topic, man, I, I got to ask you, you know, because you're my, uh, I don't know, I shouldn't say you're my common voice because you don't want to cuss on the show all the time. Let me ask Johnny D, man, because I can't talk to you. All right, let me talk to Johnny D. Johnny yeah. D, man, I, I'm, I'm wondering you, man. if... if you are. You just as bad as I am. I'm really going to the Mr. Elias side of the show this morning, so I'm trying to get a calming voice in here. And, and, and Johnny D, I'm, I'm going to ask you, man, for your help on this one. You know, I feel I'm going to call some people out during the second set, man. So I'm going to ask you before we get into the show: should should I do this, man? And, and you know, should yes, I take your tone yes, when I do this, yes. or should I take the tone of our esteemed colleague, Mr. Elias? You know what, brother? I, I will be honest with you. Uh, what what we're, what we're seeing today in in America and with our elected officials and leaders, and you know, when, when you look at biblically, it, it talks biblically about respecting those who govern and those who lead. But but it's hard. It's hard. So what I would say, Jay, is just let the emotions, um, you know, the sincere. The sincere, transparent oh, emotions reflect today's time. So if we all get on here today and cuss, then you know what? So be it, because it needs to be said. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I can't so, so and, and, and you know the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to champion you on. You know what? You're bad influence. You're not love. You know the thing is, you know, it, it, it goes back to what, what, what our grandparents and our parents said, particularly grandparents. Sometimes you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Well, on that note, Dad, I'm going to follow their lead. I can't believe I heard that from Johnny. I, I expected that one from Mr. Elias, but not from you. But that's okay. He's going to champion me on, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think – it really didn't matter what he was going to say because I'm telling you right now, I am not happy. All right, so let's get into this show. We have a lot to talk about. In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench, women not shaped from the same mold, 
but of different complexions. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on her way to becoming the second woman on the Supreme Court when she made that prediction. Serving on this court is the highest honor, the most awesome trust that can be placed in a judge. Her confirmation in 1993 marked the pinnacle of a legal career that broke gender barriers. She was born Ruth Joan Bader in 1933 in Brooklyn, New York, to parents of Ukrainian and Austrian descent. She cited those immigrant roots as a source of strength and encouragement at this naturalization ceremony for new citizens in 2018. What is the difference between a bookkeeper in New York City's government district and a Supreme Court justice? One generation, my own life bears witness. The difference between the opportunities available to my mother and those afforded me. The young Ruth Bader graduated first in her class from Cornell University in 1954. That same year, she married Martin Ginsburg. He became a lawyer and encouraged her to do the same. I have had the great good fortune to share life with a partner, truly extraordinary for his generation, a man who believed at age 18 when we met that a woman's work, whether at home or on the job, is as important as a man's. In the end, her prediction came true. Over the years, she shared the Supreme Court bench with three other female justices, Sandra Day O'Connor, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan. People ask me sometimes, when, when do you think it will be enough? When will... It, will there be enough women on the court? And my answer is, when there are nine. <laughs> the words of such an outstanding woman. Ms. Delias, I want to take a few minutes here because we're going to get into the politics of this whole thing during the next segment. But I want to spend the remaining time of this segment just talking about what type of woman she was and what type of impact she's had on the Supreme Court and on women across this country. Your thoughts on the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Man, uh, man, for her to be such a small woman in stature, man, she was a giant among judges, man. This, this, this young lady, man, my God, it's unbelievable her course and how she fought for gender equality. And believe it or not, her first argument in the Supreme Court was for a man's right to be to be a home um, a home provider. So you know, home care a caretaker, and that was in the in the 70s. That was unheard of. So for a man to stay at home and be a, a caretaker of, a, of and this guy was she was fighting for a guy that um, was taking care of his mother, and that was that was unheard of. So, man, just man, just to be the woman that she was, man, was unbelievable. Because who who fights for gender equality besides people that are strong enough to fight for it? Because it was back in the seventies and seventies, it was unpopular. Women women had rights, but they didn't have the rights that they have now. And oh, you know, look, man, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was important to a lot of people. A lot of people was evident because of the of, of, of the, the fight that she fought, man. 
I man, it was just a sad loss for us, you know. And I, I and I hear all the criticism now. And when I'm online, I hear people say, "Well, you should have got out with the Obama 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 administration." But I guess her goal was to have Hillary Clinton uh, nominate the next woman president, next woman uh, to take her place. That was that was her goal. So, you know. It just it didn't it didn't, it didn't go down that way. Yeah, you were talking about the fact that her intent was to retire in 2016 because I think everybody thought Hillary was going to win that uh, election. Of course, mm-hmm. obviously that didn't happen. But yeah, thank you. So like I said, I want to spend a few this few minutes talking about her because we're going to definitely get to the politics of it next sec. Let me swing around to the only female on the set this morning, my beautiful sister, Vanessa. Vanessa, your thoughts on the late great Ruth Bader Ginsburg? You know, I I didn't know a whole lot about her. Um, I found out that she was the one who helped men to be able to get their wives Social Security. I was in awe. So usually when a, 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 a man dies and a woman gets their Social Security, <laughs> I didn't even think about that a man couldn't get it. But she fought for a man to receive his wife's death benefit. And I just think that is amazing that this woman was not just for women, but she was for men as well. She was for equal equality for everybody. And yes, you are right. She was a little bitty woman. But she stood so tall in other people's lives. And I just think that's amazing. And may she rest in heaven. Rest rest in heaven, absolutely. Uh, Johnny D, man, give me your thoughts, man, on this uh, titan of a woman, affectionately known as uh, RBG, the notorious RBG. You know, it's being depicted uh, on every news cycle, whether it be written or or televised uh, news source, and you can just see the impact that she had uh, on, on on America as far as the judicial process, and, and I just think it speaks well that you know here's a, a young lady who could not get um, jobs at at uh, law firms and decided to start out on her quest with. Um, Defending people's civil rights and human rights, and to be labeled and, and typecast as, you know, the champion of liberals and, and women issues, I think underscores her her complete um, value in, in regards to serving as an associate justice on on the court. Uh, you look at her level of competency at, to be eighty uh, eighty seven, I think it is. Yeah, eighty seven years of age and still have that level of competency uh is is remarkable in and of itself. Uh, like I said, as I've gotten a little bit more gray in my hair, you know, it, it's a challenge to re- remember and recall <laughs> and reflect on some things mm-hmm. uh, on a day to day basis. So it just really shows her level of commitment. And and I think we do a disservice uh as 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 I've seen some of the, the media and, and try to typecast her as, as a person 
who was only about uh, young ladies' causes. Now, listening to Les and Miss Vanessa talk about, you know, that landmark case, I wasn't as familiar with, with her. But then again, I have not been a person who has really studied the courts, um, uh, particularly the Supreme Courts, until recently. Uh, I would have to say with uh, the 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 uh, accomplishment and the attempt by Mitch McConnell to fill the courts, that's when uh, the judicial branch has become more and more of a, of a centerpiece and focus for me. But just a remarkable um, uh, body of work that she has produced, and you know, God bless her and her family. Yeah, on her uh, on her journey, her spiritual journey, rest in power, Judge. You know, Mr. Elias, a lot of people are comparing her, saying that she was she's the female Thurgood Marshall. Do you think? What do you think about that comparison when it comes to, uh, you know, Ruth Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and you know, uh, Justice Marshall? Do you think it's a fair comparison, or what do you think? Yeah, I, I, you know, something, man. You know, Thurgood Marshall. He, as, as I watched his story, he ran around the country. And fought for equality for uh, African Americans, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought for equality for women, and as, as well as men and as minorities. So, yeah, I can I can see the comparison. You know, I'd imagine Thurgood had a, a uh, you know just as hard a time as she did, as then you know because I watched both both their stories, and you know. <laughs> I didn't know in the 70s that it was that rough for women. I was a kid at that time, but I didn't know it was that rough for women. I always heard about women burning their bras and all this other stuff, and they wanted equality. But, I, you know, as a kid, you don't, you don't catch on to that kind of stuff when you're that young. But as you grow older, you understand that women, as well as African-Americans and minorities, didn't have equality. So, yeah, I can see the comparison, most definitely. Hmm. What about you, Vanessa? Same question. Do you think that it's an appropriate uh, comparison between her and uh, Thurgood Marshall? Do you think that's, or is that, you know, overstating it? Because, you know, you, you know, we all know what Thurgood Marshall, when, when he represented, but do you think it's a fair comparison that uh, RBG uh, be put in that same, when you mention him, you mention her as well? You know what? For me, as a woman, I think she is bigger than that. And let me tell you why. Because she She's was bigger fighting. than Thurgood Marshall? To me, and let me tell you why. Oh, let's say equivalent. Let's say equivalent, but let me tell you why. She okay. has stopped the men at the Supreme Court from making a decision about my female organs, your daughter's female organs, wives' female organs, okay? She has stopped them from trying to tell us what to do with our body. Because ain't nobody telling the men what to do with their penises. So I salute her for all of these years because now Trump is going to take all of that away. But she, she stood tall for us, Jay, and told them, no, y'all cannot take this right away from women. So for me, being a woman, that is very important to me. That is very important to me for your daughters. If they, something happens to any of these women, not to have to have these babies, I'm a rapist. To me, it's a giant, even though she wasn't a four-footed lover, to me, Jay, that she was trying to keep my rights as a woman. It's more important to me than to me. That's me. Well, I, you know... 
I appreciate that, and I also appreciate you using the scientific version of of a male's. Okay, so three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our there's no well, well I hear you, but <laughs> you just had to go there. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Now, listen, my my thoughts for the judge. You're right. I think what happens is when you're you know doing what we do, obviously you know you have to try to be abreast of more than the average bear, you know. But obviously. You know, I mean, you can. The only reason I know about Clarence Thomas is because of, uh, you know, <laughs> what happened with him and Anita Baker. And, you know, and then some of the comedians and some of the things they said afterwards, like Eddie Griffin, you know what Anita I'm talking Baker. about. Yes. Not Anita, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? Did I say Anita, Anita Baker? Anita Hill, I'm sorry. Yeah, Anita Hill. Thank you for correcting me on that, Ms. Delius. Anita Baker. Wow. She's on my mind. Um,. So, so yeah, so when I think about, you know, justices and things of that nature, obviously, as you, you know, as we continue to do this type of show, you know, you start trying to become abreast of those things. And, and, and let me just ask you, Johnny D, because I didn't give you an opportunity to respond to this. Um, the comparisons between her and, and uh, Justice Marshall, Chief, you know, Justice Marshall, what do you think, man? Do you think it's fair? Or do you think it's, uh, what do you think about that comparison between her and Thurgood Marshall? Being respectful of, of her accomplishments, uh, I don't think that any time you have a, a, a an African-American male or a black male who lives in America can, can be compared to the plight of a Caucasian or a, a, a Jewish female. Uh, this, this gentleman came up not able to be able to speak in the courts represent yeah, during that time through, yeah you're talking uh, exactly, about during that time you know, through, yeah exactly through through other yeah. um, means which means his his colleagues had to speak you know his tongue and his his uh, legal philosophies in the courts so me personally I don't think that uh, her 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 is the, the comparisons are are not even similar, you know, the plight of Thurgood Marshall, um, who, who in, who in essence, um, in, in all practicality, still remains the only African-American who has been on the Supreme Court who values those issues that face African-Americans. So uh, I think Thurgood Marshall is a giant um, in, in, in the, as far as the judicial process, and that's not to diminish... Um, you know, Associate Justice Ginsburg, but I don't think that the comparison is remotely fair. And that's fair. I mean, that's, that's your opinion. And the bottom line is, is that, you know, and it's like when people say, <clears throat> and I know this is a little bit, it's, it's a little different, but to me, it's kind of has the same tone when people talk about how great LeBron James is doing. And, you know, LeBron James is the greatest advocate as far as an athlete for us in the history of, you know, sports and of the movement in the whole nine yards. And I always disagree with that. I always say that it was Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali, in my opinion, in the 60s when black people were getting lynched and getting shot and you know there's a possibility that they would never find you and the people would never be convicted for him to talk the way he did to white folks back in the day he was like look here i'm gonna say what i want to say and uh under those circumstances i'm not saying what lebron james is not doing is great 
But, you know, when it comes when it's a comparison between the two, I always side on the side of of uh, Muhammad Ali because of the environment back in the day. You know, if the roles were reversed, I'd, I'd change. I just think any time. I just think that people, when, when you grew up in that time and, and you did what you did, it was nothing for you your life to be snuffed out and for it to be, like, swept under the rug. Now, people could say that's, that's happening right now. You know, and yeah, we have incidences of George uh, Floyd and all those situations. But you know, let's be honest: if if a white police officer would have done that back in the day, you know, even though our conviction rate at this time in our history is not where we would like it to be, it didn't exist back then. You know, all white juries. You know, look what happened with Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so yeah. we can say. So that's why I say, anytime you spoke up back in the day. When your life was on the line, when you could have lost everything, um, you know, my goodness, it, it takes a special type of bravery. So I'm not, you know, once again, not saying anything bad about LeBron, but, you know, I'm just saying. And and just to yeah, keep no. it, you know, just to close it out with RBG, you know, the bottom line is, is that I can get what you're saying, Johnny D, when it comes to the comparison. But she's a great woman, and I think that we all understand that. And, um but we'll get into if she stayed on too long coming up in the next segment because we're going to really spend time talking about next segment. We're going to spend time talking about the politics that has just all of a sudden has become a like throwing gasoline on the fire by her death, this climate and what's going on. But it's time for this week's edition of Informative. So that's something that you need to know. Speaking of politics, Joe Biden obviously is the Democratic nominee for president, and we talk about how evangelicals are following Trump they like you know they 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 turn the blind eye to Trump you know they hold their nose and they vote for Trump because he's you know he's he's not you know he support supports uh uh getting rid of abortion and all this other stuff so they kind of follow this guy along so that tells me they're hypocrites but Joe Biden is a different type of person so in this week's edition of Informative Celeste something that we need to know that you need to know let's focus on Joe Biden and his uh, religious background and his beliefs sit back relax we'll be right back you listen to the serious side of the J. Ross show don't go anywhere we'll talk to you after the break Joe Biden is known to carry a rosary in his pocket and to go to Mass every Sunday. If elected, he would be only the second Catholic president in American history. NPR's Asma Khalid reports on how his faith is central to how he sees the world and how it affects his politics. When you listen to Joe Biden, you'll notice how he peppers his speeches with references to God. Here he is earlier this week speaking to the Poor People's Campaign. All of you remind me of how Scripture describes the calling born out of the wilderness, a calling to serve, not to be served, a calling toward justice, healing, hope, not hate. It wasn't a one-off comment. This is how Biden talks. I believe we'll be guided by the words of Pope John Paul II, words drawn from the scriptures. Faith sees best in the dark, and the Lord knows these days are dark days. And may God bless you, and may God protect our troops. It's part of who Joe is. Delaware Senator Chris Coons has known Biden for decades. Joe is someone for whom the ways in which he sees issues around racial justice, around the treatment of refugees and immigrants, all of that is connected to a view of other people, who he sees as neighbors, who he sees as being made in the image of God. 
Kuhn says Biden's political positions go back to his upbringing. A deeply rooted sense of fairness that he learned from his parents and from the nuns and priests who educated and helped raise him. So I think one of the mistakes Democrats have made over decades is to be very private about the values that move them into public life. With Biden, allies say it's obvious what drives him. Sister Carol Keehan is the former CEO of the Catholic Health Association. When Joe Biden talks about faith, he talks very much about things like the Gospel of Matthew, that what you've done to the least of my brother, you've done to me. You know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Friends and staffers say Biden focuses on faith rather than religious doctrine. He prays with voters rather than proselytizes. And yet, for some religious conservatives, all of that pales in comparison to the single issue of abortion. Earlier this week, a Catholic voter group released this ad. Joe Biden would force American Catholics to pay for abortions, sacrificing his Catholic values to kneel before the leftist mob. President Trump and his supporters have made religion into a cultural issue, painting Democrats as the party against religious freedom. Last month, President Trump accused Biden of being, quote, against God. For its part, the Biden campaign has been expanding its faith outreach. Thank you for joining this Biden-Harris campaign Catholics for Biden national kickoff call. One speaker, Sister Simone Campbell, said Catholics need to be multi-issue voters if they're really following Pope Francis's teachings. Care for the unborn is critically important. Equally sacred is the care for the born, the marginalized, the poor, the immigrants, the earth. Biden's campaign seems to think the personal is political. John McCarthy is national deputy political director. It's about the vice president being who he truly is, which is a Catholic and a deeply devout person of faith. And why I think that that ultimately has electoral implications is because at this moment, this election is obviously about a moral contrast. McCarthy says campaigns are obviously an extension of who the candidate is. And because faith is such a core part of Biden's identity, it's become a core part of the campaign. But it's also a tightrope for religious Democrats to walk. Polling from the Pew Research Center shows the share of people who identify with no religion has jumped in recent years. They now make up almost 40% of Democratic voters. Asma Khalid, NPR News. Back in 38 minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio, 347-850-1270. You can get in on the action and the fun. All right, time for uh, our second topic of the morning. But of different complexions. The next justice could fundamentally alter the direction of the Supreme Court and have a profound impact on our country. So, of course, of course, the American people should have a say in the court's direction. If you're asking me a hypothetical about whether this Republican Senate would uh, confirm a member of the Supreme Court to a vacancy that created this year. Before November. Yeah, we would fill it. And you've guessed it, that's the sound and the tone of the Grim Reaper of the Senate, uh, Moscow Mitch, you know, talking out of both sides of his neck 
So when President Obama made the nomination for Mayor Garland, ten, ten months left in his presidency, you heard what he said the mm-hmm. first time. But then now all of a sudden, wait one damn minute. Wait one damn minute. I was just joking. So now he put a twist on it. Well, you know, the bottom line is, is that if there's a Republican president and a Republican Senate, then you, the people, don't have what I preached back in 2016. Eh, that's rubbish. Because now, since, you know, Republicans are in charge, we're going to go ahead and, you know, we're, since, the, since the Republicans are in charge, we're going to go ahead and, and, you know, and fill the seat. I, I mean, <laughs> let, let me start with you, Vanessa. Were you surprised? I mean, were you really surprised that these lying pieces of you-know-what would pull this stunt? Were you surprised by what Mitch McConnell and other Republicans, and we're going to play it here in a few minutes, of the song, you know, the song, what, what did Cameo make? Back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah. These people, oh, my God. Vanessa, let me let you start because my blood pressure is rising. Let me find my medication before I continue with this segment. Go ahead. What are you, were you surprised with this nonsense that we're hearing now? Y'all know what? This is uncanny. What? I said to Bobby early that morning, I said, I hope that little old lady lives to make it until Biden gets into office. I swear to God, that's what I said that morning. And then that afternoon, here we all find out what happened to her. I said, oh, my God. I just couldn't believe that. And I told Bobby, she's not going to be cremated before they're going to be trying to put somebody in there to replace her. I swear to God, I said that. So, no. No, I am not surprised. They are crooked. They are they are the Antichrist. Trump is the Antichrist. And then he got all these little minions that's following with him. And so, no. I am so upset. Y'all, let me tell y'all. I am so upset about all of this that I really haven't been listening to a whole lot of it because I am so upset about it. And I told Bobby, I am so glad I will be we will be gone. We're gonna be in Las Vegas being a heathen while all of this stuff is going on. And I am so glad because I am beyond livid with Trump and his little minions. Okay? I am so far over it. They and so I am I, I still say this. I said it then and I say it now. Trump did not, if I was Obama, I would have did everything I could, even though the Grim Reaper them said that they weren't going to let him in putting anybody in. But now look at Trump. Oh, I'm going to put a woman in his place. So he's trying to get the woman vote. If people cannot see, Lord Jesus, that he is crooked, that he is the Antichrist, not Bush, Trump is the Antichrist. This man doesn't care about us. This man only cares about himself, his family, and the cronies that he's making rich at Mar Largo. I am beyond all of these freaking Republicans that's backing him. I don't know if I can get over this. I don't even know if Biden comes into office 
if I can get over, I'm, I'm, I'm in such, I can't even believe it. I'm in so much prayer about my attitude with Republicans. Y'all just don't even understand. I, Bobby and I pray about these Republicans because we are past it with them. We're past it. And you know what? Les, hold on, Jay. Les, you are on my page. So you see this last weekend, I am putting stuff out there for these young people about abortions. And the next thing I'm going to drop is about, uh, it's going to be about Obamacare. He's going to take out on November the 10th. So I'm just saying, mm-hmm. all the voice I have other than this show and the voice I have with God to pray us through and have the faith of a mustard seed that he's going he gonna to make this country right is to get on Facebook and educate these young kids who don't know what Trump is going to do to them. They don't know what's ahead of them. But I can't flood it, flood it, Les. The only thing I can do is drop a little bit out there each day so people won't get upset with me. But I am one upset cookie. Well, uh, you know, uh, and uh, like uh, my boy said, and uh, like Will Smith said in Bad Boys too, and he's the one of us that's pissed, not even pissed off. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, uh, John, Johnny, I, I, here's the, the deal, man. And, and this is what I've always said. Look, fair is fair, right? If you lose an election, then you deal with it. If you lost doing things the right way, we have nothing to complain about. Nothing. If you govern in a way that's consistent and fair across the board, we have nothing to cry about. The bottom line is is this, is that if the people spoke, the Republicans are in office, then you govern the way that you want to govern. But you be consistent about how you do it and what you do. And for these people to do what they're doing, I mean, before we go in, let me play before you respond. Let me play for our audience what the Republicans said when President Obama was trying to get a justice before the Senate. Ten months. Ten months before his successor would have taken over and became president. Let's listen to this, and Johnny, then I want to get your remarks on the other side. I want you to use my words against me. If there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, whoever it might be, make that nomination, and you could use my words against me, and you'd be absolutely right. We're setting a precedent here today, Republicans are, that in the last year, at least of a lame duck eight-year term, I would say it's going to be a four-year term, that you're not going to fill the vacancy of the Supreme Court based on what we're doing here today. That's going to be the new rule. The next justice could fundamentally alter the direction of the Supreme Court and have a profound impact on our country. So, of course, of course, the American people should have a say in the court's direction. I don't think we should be moving forward on a nominee in the last year of this president's term. I would say that if it was a Republican president. President Obama is eager to appoint Justice Scalia's replacement this year. But do you know in the last 80 years we have not once 
has the Senate confirmed a nomination made in an election year, and now is no year to start. This is for the people to decide. I intend to make 2016 a referendum on the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, that... <laughs> Those are the Republicans, Johnny D, talking during President Obama when he was trying to get Merrick Garland through uh, to be appointed to the Supreme Court, which, by the way, and let's just throw this in there just for grins and giggles. This guy was supported by Republicans when he was confirmed to the federal bench. He was the second-highest federal judge in the judicial system at the time, which was supported by a lot of Republicans. Matter of fact, a lot of progressives weren't really happy with President Obama for even submitting this man because they figured that, okay, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make sure that you get this uh, nominee across by catering to Republicans. This guy is not progressive enough for us and trying to appease the Republicans. And look, and they told you to kick rocks anyway. So, nah, 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 nah. Johnny D, what say you when you listen to, you know, Republican senators during the Obama administration and their justification as to why they did not allow President Obama, which is his constitutional right as President of the United States, to. Uh, nominate a person for the Supreme Court? I, I, I will certainly agree um, wholeheartedly. And, and let's just stop on a point, uh, Jay, that, that you were emphasizing about the support from the Republicans. Uh, you're talking about some of the mainstays who had um, admirable comments for Merrick Garland. Uh, some of them have, have since moved on from the Senate, but you're talking about powerful senators at the time, Orrin Hatch, uh, former, you know, Strom Thurmond, uh, Jeff Sessions, all of these individuals whose names we have continuously heard about with the Republican Party, those mainstays, all had favorable comments at the time about Merrick Garland. So there was no one who doubted his credentials. Now, we know that Donald Trump and, 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 and this regime has a, a tendency to nominate less qualified applicants to the federal bench, and certainly they will do so with the Supreme Court nomination. Um, the hypocrisy is is not surprising to, to any of us. Um, for the last four years, uh, matter of fact, the last really five years, you can go back to 2015, when the the cycle of the Republicans battling one another to see who was going to be the, the, the candidate for the Republican Party, uh, it has been just a bunch of hypocrisy and lies that has just been besieged on the American public. Um, so none of us are surprised with the hypocrisy and in, in the in, in the pivot towards uh, the lies and the deceit that, that this group of, of of individuals have become so so commonly known as you know you know just as, as I've said before you know shame on shame on the image of the white man I mean really and, and, and truly um, I would be shamed uh, to, to be quite honest with you to just see how the image is, is, is depicted. Not that any of them probably care, 
But the truth of the matter is, it would be just like an African American who would get up there and, and spew rhetoric or or do things that was underneath the moral the, the moral fabric and ethics of our community and and did not hold us in in, in certain esteem. Understanding the images and, and and the challenges and the stereotypes that we have to encounter on a day to day basis, we would be out there championing to say, look here, brother, you got to get yourself together because the image that you continuously perpetrating on society is not good for us in general. But yet these these these, these reprobates have have absolutely no concern at all. Um, the the clip that you played with Lindsey Graham, uh, who is this guy? I mean, who is this guy that that stood on you know quote unquote some moral fabric you know years ago? Now all of a sudden it's like you know what I don't care. I'm all in for Donald Trump, and I, I certainly hope that Jamie Harrison defeats him uh, in, in South Carolina, but. Donald Trump uh, even made his own commentary back in, you know, 2016, you know, during the the, the, the election cycle with, with President Obama. He commented, you know, in, in March of 2016 when, you know, Merrick Garland was being nominated. And, you know, that was one of the times that I, I really have to say that I was bothered by the inactivity of the only uh, true president at this time, which is President Obama, I just really felt like in his second term that he would um, be a lot more engaged in challenging the hypocrisy of the Senate and the Congress, because if you recall now, uh, the Congress wasn't working either. I mean, the only one that was really working was President Obama and those staff in the White House because the Congress had taken time off, the Senate had taken time off, and, they, and for eight years, they literally, they literally did not work in the benefit, in the behalf of the American uh, public. So I, I, I was hoping and praying that he would challenge them a lot more on their hypocrisy. And, of course, that did not happen. Now we sat on the doorstep of an opportunity for this reprobate to put some demonic uh, spirit inside of the Supreme Court. And certainly the person will be young. You know, I started to respond the other day when Miss Vanessa and um, you started to, to, to engage in it. And, and I sat back and I said, you know, just kind of reflect and, and, and get my thoughts together. But even then, what I said is that this, this guy is so dead set on the election cycle that I would not be surprised if, one, he, he nominates a female but then secondly, it, it, it will probably be one of Hispanic and Latino descent simply because he needs a different pool of people to support him. Now, we'll see how this thing plays out um, over the next couple of days. Um, you know, it, it, it's just it, it once again, it's just the, the, the hypocrisy of, of, of our elected leaders and the ability for America to continuously excuse this foolishness by rewarding these same individuals who have no moral principle and whose words cannot be, not be validated in truth. And we continuously, continuously support them in their foolishness and allow them to move the mark. Now, we will forget about, we will forget about the 2000 I mean, the 200,000 deaths that's been caused by the coronavirus. 
we will forget about the fact that Russian aggressions have 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 interrupted, you know, the the the, the world's airspace and how they challenged American soldiers at the sea and, and how they have paid bounties to the Taliban to kill American soldiers and how he has simply defied the, the, the sciences, defied the intelligence community, but yet you have, you know, associations such as the New York um, Benevolence, law enforcement benevolence supporting this criminal and and so we'll forget about that and he will distract us long enough to say you know what let's focus on this let's get out here and champion i sat there and i looked at the the local news media yesterday when he was in in in, in this state here and i saw all the foolishness with you know people down there unmasked championing and cheering for 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 this this cause and now he's gonna make this a political rally so that people will once again move the parameters of what this inept unqualified individual has done for the last four years so Mitch McConnell is a hypocrite Um, the the Republican Party is a hypocrite and then everybody's counting on this this Susan Collins Uh, this this lady will sit there and she will get out there like she's done every other time and you know get on the news media debate and act like she's not going to vote in lockstep with Donald Trump, and she will do the same. Uh, you know, well, she already has. You got a guy like, yeah, yeah. She, she, she's she a already clown, come you know, on the record and says she's, you know, that it should wait. Her and Elisa McCloskey out of Alaska. But how many times Jay have 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 she said that in the past? And to include McCloskey, now McCloskey is in a heated battle. So therefore, she might be a little bit more apt to set back and say, you know, let me kind of stay middle of the line. And even even a guy who has become somewhat the conscience of the Republican Party, uh, his who the hell is that? his political, you know, beliefs are, are somewhat in sync with with Donald Trump, which is Mitt Romney. You, you know, Mitt Romney. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Talk. So 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 with, 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 you know, maybe Mitt Romney may be one that'll still push it. Because they understand that getting the courts is going to be in in in, in, in their better half, but um, we're in a trouble time, man. We really and truly are. You you said something that that I want to jump on here real quick, and, and, and it was interesting because I was listening to a lot of uh, you know obviously I watch this stuff twenty four seven, and one of the questions came up, Mister Elias. You know, you have all these never Trumper groups out there who are putting out. I mean, I'm telling you, some of the best commercials in the world about you know not voting for this man. You have the Lincoln Project. These people have. I mean, you need to go to their site. You can just stay there all day and watch their commercials about this clown. And we pay, we play them on this show as well. But people ask, well, wait a minute. Now that he has the ability to put a another justice on the Supreme Court, will they? Say wait a minute, okay. We gonna pull up a little bit because we like the idea. At the end of the day, we like the fact that we're gonna have more justices on the Supreme Court. And I was very, 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 very. I wasn't surprised per se, but I was very happy to when I woke up this morning to see that the Lincoln Project had a commercial out. You know, going after Lindsey Graham for the double talk that he is now doing. And so they're staying true. They're saying, look, it's country over party. And the fact that this man continues to defecate and urinate on the Constitution, it's bigger than judges. It's bigger than a woman's right to choose. 
is bigger than all that. And I was so happy that I saw that they had actually put out a commercial saying, nope, look at this guy double talking. Speaking of which, I want to play. You heard earlier what the Republicans said during President Obama's uh, term when he tried to nominate a uh, person for the Supreme Court. Now let's listen to what they're saying now. Mr. Elias, I'm going to get your response on the other side. If you're asking me a hypothetical about whether this Republican Senate would uh, confirm a member of the Supreme Court to a vacancy that created this year. Before November. Yeah, it, we would fill it. Well, if a vacancy did occur, and I, and I don't expect one, too, I hope everybody has a long, healthy 2020 on the court, you would see an effort by Republicans, I'm sure, to, to fill the vacancy. If President Trump is defeated, if Republicans lose control of the Senate, would you still support doing this prior to January? I would support going ahead um, with any hearings that we might have. And if it comes to an appointment um, prior to the end of the year, I would be supportive of that. Um, we would need to have some very serious discussion about that. But again, it is, even though it's a lame duck session, it is still a Republican president and still a Republican Senate. We are one vote away from losing our fundamental constitutional liberties. And, and I believe that the president should next week nominate a successor to the court. And I think it is critical that the Senate takes up and, and confirms that successor before Election Day. Now, just in case you are Johnny come late to the party, here's what they said during the Obama administration. We'll play this again just in case you're just tuning in. I want you to use my words against me. If there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, who it, whoever it might be, make that nomination, and you could use my words against me, and you'd be absolutely right. We're setting a precedent here today, Republicans are, that in the last year, at least of a lame duck eight-year term, I would say it's going to be a four-year term, that you're not going to fill a vacancy of the Supreme Court based on what we're doing here today. That's going to be the new rule. The next justice could fundamentally alter the direction of the Supreme Court and have a profound impact on our country. So, of course, of course, the American people should have a say in the court's direction. I don't think we should be moving forward on a nominee in the last year of this president's term. I would say that if it was a Republican president. President Obama is eager to appoint Justice Scalia's replacement this year. But do you know in the last 80 years we have not once has the Senate confirmed a nomination made in an election year and now is no year to start. This is for the people to decide. I intend to make 2016 a referendum on the U.S. Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You heard him. That was Terry Cruz at the end of that of that particular mm -hmm. soundbite and at the end of the other one. I, I, I mean, Miss Elias, man. Would anybody be surprised? Because the oh first thing that God. they said, I am so tired first, of hearing that though. I'm the tired. First thing they said, the first thing they said when President Obama got elected was, "We're going to make him a one-term president." So look, man, they, they they come on, man. This is what they're about, man. They're liars, 
and and the Democrats. I, I love Michelle Obama. I do to my heart of hearts. I love her. But when she said they go out, they go low, we go high. Nope, I'm with Eric Holder. When they go low, we go lower. That's what they should be kicking. They they should be kicking them straight in their asses, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go lower. Amen. When they start telling lies, you start telling lies. You want to lie, I'm going to lie just like you lying. That's, that's all. Yeah, man, come on. We're going to play the same game. You can't bring a gun to, you can't bring a knife to a gunfight. That's what you're saying, huh? Thank you. You, uh, you cannot bring a knife to a gunfight. And this is what we keep doing. We're just so, oh, that's right. We got to have the moral standards. These bastards don't have no moral standards. They don't. They don't care what they do. They don't care what they say on camera. Lindsey Graham, his, you know, his, his, his silly ass is sitting there talking about, you can hold my words against me. Well, damn it, what is it good that's going to do to hold his word against him? He don't care about his words. That's what I would, I'm sorry. If I was in, in, in the Senate, I wouldn't care about what nothing them say. If they, if they said something, I look at them and say, shut up talking to me. Don't say nothing else to me. Because you, you got to get you got to get down and dirty with these cats, and that's what the, that's what the Democrats are weak at. They don't want to get down and they don't want to get dirty with them. I would be down and dirty just as just as dirty. As but Mr. Elias, they say two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, so it's like we're contra- two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> two left, dude. Damn it, I would I would go after them. I'm sorry. You gotta. I'm sorry. You cannot go. You cannot be nice to these people. I'm sorry. Look what they do when you're nice to them. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. Yeah, yeah. Kick, me, <laughs> kick me in the ass again. Just keep kicking me in my ass. Come on, man. Stop it. If you want to lie, I'm going to lie. I'm going to lie just yeah, like you do. Tell everyone that. Hey, look, man, the president, President Obama said you can keep your same doctor. And when he, when you couldn't, oh, they ran it into the ground. But President, but, but, but Trump, lying ass can tell 500 lines a day, and they'll still back it. This is what they got. You know, I'm glad you brought. I, I'm glad you pivoted to that because he, here's my message to my former Republican friends, and 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 that's what they are. You know, there are people who you know. It came out this past week that this man said that, and I'm jumping ahead of the curve here because we're going to kind of run these segments all into one. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to continue the conversation. Matter of fact, let's do this. Let's stop out right now. We're going to pick up the rest of this conversation on the other side, and we're going to kind of dovetail that into the other topic that we have for this morning. So you listen to the serious side. We'll be right back. I just have so much to say. I love my boy Jerome, but I'm, I'm kind of glad he's not here this morning because I want to want to want to run this all the way up until the end of the show. So we're step step out, take a real quick break right now. We'll come back. We'll finish this conversation. Because it's going to automatically dovetail into the other conversation. Because all of this really falls under one topic, the fact that we have an incompetent damn president. And it doesn't really matter. You pick the topic. It all comes out the same. Agent Orange has to go. We'll be right back after this. You listen to the serious side. The Trump plan. After months of lies and empty promises, he's told us the terrifying truth. His herd immunity plan is to infect seven out of 10 Americans with COVID. The Trump plan will kill at least 3 million people. In April, he admitted a herd immunity plan was deadly. And if we did follow that approach, I think we might have 2 million people dead. This week, 
He admitted it's his real plan. With time, it goes and many away. deaths, and you'll develop you'll develop herd like a herd mentality. It's going to be it's going to be herd developed, and that's going to happen. Say goodbye to your parents, your neighbors, your friends, because the Trump plan will kill millions in the next four years. People you love, people you care about, maybe even you. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Yeah. Huh. Oh. 
in the house. What's Ella Keita in the night? There it is, folks. There he is. You could be talking to the next great senator, well, in the future of, of uh, North Carolina. Hey, look, I tell you what, we're going to do everything we can to get him across the line. Mr. Elias in the house, what's going on, brother? Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Marianne Music. Good morning, Hawk. And good morning to... Uh, Jerome Lesprey and Mariana Music. That song was called Borrow You by Eric Roberson. Yeah, one of my favorite songs. Uh, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some folks in the chat, if you don't mind? Uh, we just got two on there. That's Covina Man and Easy. Brace his ass. Yeah. Say good morning to the pastor. He's in the house. We have a lot of people who are listening. I'm going to name a few names. Doug, uh, Karen, uh, Rebecca, Adriana. There's so many people listening in this morning. I tell you, I think folks really wanted to hear what we had to say about this. So thank you so much. And I see your comments. I'm actually, what I do during the show is, while you know, I try to go out to sites and I'll cut and paste. This is how I get your your topics. And so sometimes when I <laughs> When I don't read them, it's because I accidentally erased them. I couldn't paste your topics from all these different places that you're making your your remarks. And I have a sheet, and I try to read from that one sheet. Because I, I can't jump from site to site to site, obviously, when I try to read your comments. So sometimes I, I copy them over and accidentally erase them. So I, my apologies. I'm not ignoring you. But, you know, it's a lot going on. I wish I could put a camera and show you what's going on between the breaks and sometimes even during the show. So a lot is going on um, as we try to bring this broadcast to you every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. Huh? We're out of YouTube and make money. We're out of YouTube and make money off of it. We got to. Oh, look at him. See, now he's bringing production meetings out to the out to the open public. Okay, we'll talk about that behind closed doors. Thank you, Mr. F to the E to the S. All right, listen, uh, we're going to continue what we talked about in the second segment, but I want you to also know what we'll be talking about, what will be added to our last segment's conversation during this portion of the show. March 11th, the fears that COVID-19 was spreading largely unchecked confirmed. A global pandemic the like of which not seen in a century. But already the U.S. knew what it was dealing with. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had confirmed community spread in February The U.S. president restricted air travel from China and the European Union, but in front of the cameras, Donald Trump was still saying the virus would just disappear. It's going away now. It'll go away. Things go away. A lot of people think that goes away in April. But the truth was the most powerful nation in the world was not prepared, and political division diluted the strength to take on a virus that does not discriminate. The scenario actually came out. They always overshoot. Looking at what we're seeing now, you know, I would say between 100 and 200,000 cases, but I don't want to be held to that because it's, it, it, excuse me, deaths. I mean, we're, we're going to have millions of cases, but I, I just don't think that we really need to make a projection when it's such a moving target that you could so easily be wrong. Well, unfortunately, Dr. Felch was not wrong. The U.S. is just... Jess, newsflash, over 200,000 deaths related to the COVID-19 virus. And, and the reason why I wanted to kind of just let everything flow, because I want to get back to this other topic we were talking about, but I'm here to tell you it all kind of works the same. You know, the thing that I will say to my Republican colleagues, 
folks that I know, folks who are friends of mine, who were friends of mine, because I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to make it official for you, if you support Donald Trump, you are no longer a friend of mine. Do not call me. Don't expect me to call you. And I'm going to tell you why. For you to follow a man, where it was reported last week by a person, an assistant to the vice president of the United States that Donald Trump said that, you know, I guess the one thing, and I'm paraphrasing here, and the blessing is, thinking, you know, with, with the virus, at least I don't have to shake the hands of these disgusting people. That's what your president said about you, his avid supporters. That's what he said about you. To shake their these disgusting people, and let me tell you what he was really thinking. You disgusting, stupid, ignorant people for kissing my white ass because I don't give a damn about none of you. But guess you what? You preach. love me and your fools, so you can follow me. I'm gonna lead you right to the over the edge to the land of promise, Trump promise. This is the same man who people who work for Trump University said that this man used that as a get-rich scheme, that the diplomas from Trump University wasn't worth the damn paper that you may find sitting in your living room right now. And he was charged for it, and he lost, and he had to pay people back. You people are stupid. Don't call me. Don't talk to me. You, I have nothing to say to you. If you don't like what I'm saying, you don't have to listen to this radio show. You can leave. Change the channel. Because this is ridiculous. Over 200,000 people are dead because of his incompetence. He is on tape saying he knows how worse the virus is and how deadly it can be. But then he comes out in front of you and tells you what? Oh, it's no big deal. It's going to go away. He's still holding these campaign events. He's telling you that wearing a mask. Listen to how stupid this sounds, folks. Listen. By wearing a mask, they're controlling you. And you ignorant asses are running around here following this man. Now, you notice at these campaign events, he ain't nowhere near y'all. He gets tested about five or six times a day. That's the sign of a true freaking leader who would tell you to go do something that he's not willing to do. You're stupid. You're ignorant. And you have no place in my life. And I'm going to tell you, don't call me. Don't call me. Easy. I love Easy to death. Easy was one of the few listeners. There are some listeners that we have that have my personal contact information. And I used to, you know, Easy, you know, good guy back in the day in Pennsylvania, you know, he was in Pennsylvania, we would talk, and, you know, we, 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 we met on another show, and, and, you know, he's been a loyal, loyal listener to the show. For that, I'm very grateful. But the fact that he supports Donald Trump, I can no longer associate with him. Because if you support Donald Trump, that means that you don't support me. If I'm your friend, if I'm your black brother that a lot of you folks tell me that I am, then how can you support a man who despises the way I look, what I represent, what I try to accomplish 
So there's no, I have no use for you in my life. I surround myself with people who support me, support my family, and support my cause. Like most of us on this show, we are good, working, hard-working American people. We believe in the rule of law. You hear sometimes we have different opinions when it comes to certain things. But we are, we are all on the same team. We may disagree about how things should be done, but we're not un-American. For you to support this man, in my opinion, is un-American. And, you know, God bless you. God bless you. So, Mr. Elias, when we talk about this whole Senate fight, here's the thing that, that really, really gets me. is that we teach our children not to lie. These people act like there's no videotape out there that we can rerun. Lindsey Graham, you can hold, you can hold it, you can play the tape, hold the tape. I'm here to tell you. Hold that me we, I don't care who okay. it is. Marco Rubio, I don't care. I would say if it was a Republican uh, president, and of course, lying ass Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. I, He's the, Dude, he's the biggest oh, coward of them all. About Ted Cruz, oh my God, he is the biggest coward of them all. Vanessa, lion ass Ted As Cruz. Ted. No, 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 no. Not only is he lying, Pastor, forgive me. He is a kissed ass. Donald Trump talked about his mama, his daddy, his <clears> wife. And now he is kissing Donald Trump's ass, you worthless senator in Texas. You idiot. You can't talk about my mama. You can't talk about my mama, but you sure can't talk about like my wife, if that's the case. And then look who you married to, a porn star. And you talk about my wife, and then he goes, oh, wait, now Donald Trump is sending out text messages and and pictures. Anything else he can, then he's going to nominate Ted Cruz and put him up in his supreme thoughts of voice. Oh, voices. my voices. love, stop. He oh, my God, I will throw up. I'm going to throw up. I'm telling you, he is not going to put Ted Cruz in that spot. I'm talking about that man, Mama, and his wife. So they're using it to throw him over the. Because, look, Jay, you know, right? Biden and Trump are neck and neck in Texas for the first time in history. Neck and neck. And so now he's trying to throw, put Ted Cruz's name up in there to throw him on over the threshold. I'm sipping him. I need prayer about him because I can't stand yeah, pray. I, I'm going to need prayer right now because I'm going to do something I usually don't do. I'm going to. I, I just saw a comment that came through from a lady by the name of Peggy out of uh, uh, Salt Lake, Utah. Oh, and, and, and yeah. I usually don't do this, but but you know, and, and she's saying, you know, what's with all the name callings? That shows the maturity of this show. Take what the hell did you just it. say, Peggy? What's with Who all the name calling? The Gold Family. Who talked about the handicapped man and the way he spoke? Who talked about Joe Biden because oh he's a girlfriend? Let's not talk about name calling when Republicans oh. don't know what to do. What name calling? You better go. Girl, you better get off of Fox News and go look. Oh my God! 
It's like you hold, you try to, you try to hold people to a standard that your own damn party don't even stand up to. Go lower, take your ass up on out of here, whatever. Oh, Peggy, you stop listening. This is what I say. Turn it off right now. Turn it off right now, because people like you is the reason why we're in this predicament right now. All, all the name calling. How mature is that? Are you freaking kidding me? Should I go and pull some of the clips of this idiot and some of the things he said about people? How he calls people losers and, and he, he, he judges them by their looks? And suckers. You are a loser and a sucker for following somebody who does not care about this country. And he don't give a damn about, about you. Country. He don't give a damn about you, Peggy. He does not. He's grateful I, that I, the COVID virus is here because you don't have to shake the hands of those disgusting people because he's not talking about us because we damn sure ain't going to any of his rallies and trying to shake his so hands. So guess what he's talking about? You're the disgusting person. Y'all. Johnny D, man, bring 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 the show up, man. You know, get us back on on some uh, get us back, bro. Bring us back, cause I, I, I have I, look. I'm following Jay. Mr. Les's. I'm following Mr. Les's advice. When they go low, let's go low. I'm trying to get under an earthworm right now. That's how I feel. I'm telling you, you straight you up. You know what? I I will be honest with you. Um, Miss Peggy has no moral compass to to talk about name calling. When you're talking about following a person who who mocks people who are suffering from disabilities, when you mock children, when you imprison children and remove them from their families, when you see a man who allows people to get on his little Twitter page and say white power. You have no moral compass to talk about name calling until you, until you. And if you have, then you know what? I applaud you, but no, I, I can't bring the show up. Not, not, not with that hypocrisy that that occurs. Um, that, that, I mean, how, how how do you step back and justify a person who is the leader of the entire free world? And now you have a generation of, 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 of young people that's coming up believing that deception and lies and trickery is a way to be successful. Please don't don't do that, young lady. Don't do that. And he was being respectful. He called you Miss Peggy. So you can sit here and talk about you know you're Peggy to me. And I'm not gonna use the language that I would probably use if we weren't on the air. Because when you read stuff like that, Vanessa, when you talk to these people, they always, you know, this whole thing, he, you know, now Trump, Trump is saying in his, in his campaign events, you know, we're peaceful protesters. And he's saying this because people were talking about how Trump has all these mass events. But then the white folks are saying, well, wait a minute. They ain't saying nothing with the Black Lives Matter people got together. They was all bunched up and all this other stuff. They ain't saying nothing about them. Over 200, I read something something the other day, which just floored me, that said that, uh, you know, they don't give a damn about this COVID, these COVID deaths, because most of it affects people of uh, brown skin, 
And most of those people will be uh, Biden voters anyway. They're blue. They're blue. He said that the numbers, his numbers for the virus would be better if it wasn't in blue states. states. Because minorities are getting it. His numbers are bad. Those are less voters. What I read was there's less voters for for the GOP. So let's just get get them off the rolls by any means necessary. And then you t- and then you then you gonna tell me what I was thinking about Rush Limbaugh a couple of couple of weeks ago was not uh, wasn't justified. Come on, man. But Come you on. can't say it, and you can't think it because God knows what you're thinking. I'm trying to save yourself. I know. I, I I'm praying. Pray I for me. I, I really I, I really love the Lord. I bet I, I really say, love I the I Lord. Uh, I bet I can say it. I don't give a damn. I don't care. I don't give a damn about none of them. How about that? I don't care about Peggy. I don't care about Trump. I don't care about Lindsey Graham. I don't care about uh, lying-ass Ted Cruz. I don't care about Bitch McConnell. I don't care about none of them. None of them. How about that? Nah. But, he, but here's the thing. Send them to me. I, I but, 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 but here's the deal. Mr. Elias, here's the deal. That, that, you go back and look at the numbers that the majority of Americans have voted Democratic in the last 10 years. However, however, there are more Republican governors because they gerrymandered and stuff. They can't win, yep. so they got to cheat. Yep. And these people are okay mm-hmm. with it. Yep. They were talking to a young lady today. Oh, I think he should fill the seat immediately. Well, wait a minute. What happened with Mary Carter? Well, that was different. Why? Because I know why it was different. Let me answer it for you. Because the president was black. That's why. Because somebody, yep. I, you know, here's another message that I'm not going to read, but I'm going to talk. I'm going to here's the gist of what they were saying: that that we as Democrats and Independents are people who are just morally in, that's morally in, that's that's morally insane, are sane, I should say, instead of saying insane. That that you know we're looking at Mitch McConnell making those comments about Merrick Garland because all indicators back then was that Hillary Clinton was going to win. So why are we looking at that as something being indifferent? He was just saying that she, you know, this person is trying to prove Mitch McConnell's justification because you had a Democratic president and a Republican Congress versus now you have a Republican versus Republican. So I think what this person is saying, and you, you know, and I'll, I'll communicate with you. I'm not going to read your comments on the air, but I'll communicate with you. I guess what this person is trying to say is that. What what Mitch McConnell is saying now is justified because he didn't know whether or not Trump was going to win, and so why do we think that there was some ill will behind it, right? Because I mean, because oh, he didn't God. know. They didn't because let he, Obama do it. They he, called him a lame duck president. Yeah, but but what this but what this person but what this person is saying, Vanessa, is that. We, we we're, we're tripping on it because I think that's what this person is saying. We're tripping on this because uh, Donald Trump eventually won. Oh, they just sent another message. That Donald Trump eventually won the election. That we didn't know Donald Trump was going to win. So you know he was acting in good faith by making you know by doing what he did back in you know in 2016. It was a damn lie because he didn't want he didn't want uh, 
Barack Obama didn't do anything. He blocked anything that's that right. Barack Obama did because he was a black president. So take that right. and shove it. That's a lie. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, exactly why he did it. Exactly. 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 Stop it. it. Stop it with that. It was about it was about Trump envy of President Obama. It's about Mitch McConnell's envy of President Obama. And the the fact of the matter is, is they spent eight years trying to defy this leader of America simply because he was African American. So we can pretend that the reason why he didn't bring the vote is because we didn't know Donald Trump was going to win. The fact of the matter, it was to defy it was to defy mm-hmm. and, and total line against President Obama. You're right. That's exactly what it was. Can I say something, y'all? Yes, you may. This, this, this. Let me, let me get y'all to understand. Republicans that are listening and Democrats, because I, Bobby, and I helped I, one of our nieces to register to vote this week. And she's 32, and she has never voted. Can you believe it? She's never mm. voted. 32 years old. That's insane to me. So those of you who are listening to me, I don't care who, if Donald Trump would get in office and do what he's supposed to do for the people. I don't care that he's a Republican. I, I just need you to do for the people. Stop talking about the military like they are a dog when you rig, your daddy rigged it so you wouldn't have to be in the military. That's one. Next thing is stop talking about disabled people like they are dogs. This is y'all Republic, y'all president in the at the White House that's doing this. Stop if he could just stop talking about minorities living in shithole countries and that we're uneducated and that we ain't got nothing and we ain't got no money. Not only when he talks about minorities like that, guess what, white people? He's talking about your ass who that live in mobile homes that live in the, pro- in the project. He's talking about y'all, too. He ain't got no love for you. If you ain't got no money, if you can't do nothing for him, if you're not really tied him to the stock market, don't Trump don't care nothing about you. Y'all got it twisted. If Donald Trump cared anything about you, he would be telling y'all to wear masks at his rallies or to wear masks out in public to save people to help with the coronavirus. Have y'all heard Donald Trump say anything about how many folks have died, that he's sorry that they died? Has he ever apologized for anything he's done in four years? This man said that he has done more than God. Come on, people. Democrats and Republicans, wake up and pay attention. This man is crazy. He is, does not care about you. Please get out there and vote. Even if you just vote Democrat for this one term, and then you just kick Biden out of the office, that's fine. But get Donald Trump out. Get him out. He does not care about you. He does not. And the stock market ain't going to get you into heaven. Jay, can I say, can I say this right here? Miss Vanessa is extremely right. But now let's not forget, when we start talking about the mockery uh, and, and how much Donald Trump doesn't care, let's not forget one of the most preposterous comments of the week when 
William Barr compares wearing a mask to slavery. Oh, God, yeah. He did say that, didn't he? But when you yeah. do that, then you're yeah. talking to black people. I'm trying to talk to yeah. the white people as well, Johnny D, to get them to understand that he's not just talking about black people. If he talks about black people, what he changed, what he is changing the poverty level, that's not just going to affect black people. That's going to affect white people who ain't got no money. When oh, he yeah, goes no, in no. on November the 10th, and he takes out pre-existing conditions, that doesn't hurt just black people. It hurts Indeed. white people. Indeed. And, 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 and you know, Miss Vanessa, now, like I said, everything that you said is, is accurate. It really and truly is. And I don't dispute that and wasn't trying to indicate that that's what I was doing. But because we was just simply talking about the foolishness and, and, and I could not... Uh, omit the fact of, of one of the most preposterous comments that I had heard, which came from William Barr, because that yeah, has seemingly just true. kind of, you know, dropped up under the radar as well, where, you, you know, you talked about the rallies and how he's not encouraging people to wear the mask. So that's where that comment came from, is the fact that he has politicized public health. And then you go as far as to have an attorney general who compares the lack of liberties that they are experiencing from wearing the mask, okay, to slavery. So they have put it on that level. Indeed, they they, they put it on that level that I've got to wear a mask and I've got the social distance. So this is this is worse than slavery. Can you believe the foolishness? Uh No. I cannot. You are right, Johnny D. It is. Insane. Insane. He's talking about y'all, too. He's not just talking about black people. He's talking about y'all. But, but you know, it, it, here's here's the thing that, that I just can't get past. And, and and I think, you know, and I, Vanessa, when you brought up some of the things that, that uh, Trump has said about Cruz's family, I guess I can understand it. I can't get past when someone tells you that they don't like you. I can't get past when someone shows you that they don't really like you and you still follow. I mean, well, what is up with that? I mean, you know, <laughs> this man has pissed on the Constitution. And you people that are all these we're Vietnam vets for Trump, it's the guy that stood in the graveyard and said, what was in it for them? Why did they give their lives? This is a man who had a doctor say he had bone spurs so he could continue to chase women in New York City and spend his daddy's money while you Vietnam vets were putting your lives on the line. I remember when Muhammad Ali died, and I was reading comments from people, and there were people out there, he's a draft dodger, and I'll never will forgive him. I bet you those same people now support and kiss Trump's ass like it's nobody's business. Yep. And at least Muhammad Ali stood up and said, I had no problem with the Viet Cong. I mean, he, he said, look, why am I going to go over here and fight some people when I'm not even free in my own country? Donald Trump was like, I ain't going because I just don't want to go. You guys are losers. I'm the privilege. I had a conversation with a lady. This happened back in 2001. Yep. I used to love this woman to death. And, and, and it really hurt me because I had to cut her off. We were talking about military service. And she talked about that if something happens, I'm going to send my son over to Canada. 
if we, if, you know, if I t- we talked, we were talking about the draft. I don't know why we we're having this conversation, but we were talking about, you know, if the draft happened, and you know, we were talking about how, you know, men had to su- register for select- for selective service at the age of eighteen and nineteen or whatever that age was, and so she she talked about how that her first son was, uh, if he was drafted, that she would send him to Canada. I said, why would you do that? Well, because I don't want my son to go and fight in the war and die. I said, well, wait a minute. There are other people, people who's, who's making that sacrifice. And you know what this lady said to me? She said, well, they don't have any choice. Yeah, that's Almost stupid. called up, bad word. <laughs> yeah. Don't have any they don't choice. have any wow. choice. You know, they have to do that. My son has, he has uh, opportunities. You know, he, you know, my son goes to uh, whatever prestigious college he was going to at that time. And I looked at her like, oh, my God. Wait a minute. So you're basically saying because you have money and you have opportunities for your kids and those poor kids who are joining the military because their parents don't have money. And it's the only way they can make money. So, you know, off with their heads, sacrifice their lives. So you continue to benefit from the riches and the freedom that this great nation provides you? It's their kids, not mine? Jay, I looked at her, I said, you are so disgusting. I said, you disgust me. And I walked off. I was shocked. Jay. Yes, Vanessa. Did you hear on MSNBC this morning when the guy, right before the show started, the guy was... Uh, she was interviewing like six different people and that lady said that she didn't understand that it was how it was racism and that she felt like racism yeah, was white men right now. She said that she thought yeah, it was against white men because black black men can file minority and white men can't and they're getting better jobs. Can yeah. you yeah. believe that I'm you know, I mean, but this goes back to, I've heard people talk about, well, you know, why do we still need to have affirmative action? Why do we have to have affirmative action? We're all free. I mean, that's giving black people the advantage. I'm like, you people don't realize what you've done a long time ago. That was a long time ago, but it set the precedence. I go back to the Monopoly board it's scenario. Still it's still but it, but it goes not. back to what I, it's the Monopoly board scenario. You can't invite somebody to come and play Monopoly when all the damn property's brought up. You ne- you never get you never establish wealth. You'll never win. You may you know you may roll past and get past two hundred dollars and miss boardwalk a couple of times. And you may survive just bouncing around the board. But the majority of folks who are in that scenario, you're not gonna survive because you gonna hit one of them damn hotels on that blue property and you're gonna be bankrupt. You folks took everything. Yeah, you have some black folks who are doing well, blah, blah, blah. But the majority, we're talking about the majority. You talk about white folks being in the minority. White folks, as long as they have money, they will never be in the minority. There are nine people who are richer than half the, than damn near this whole nation. And you tell me, who has the power? I mean, this is crazy. But that's how they look at it. That's 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 how they look at it, and and, and it's, you know, it's it's sad. It, it's sad. It's people that I truly care about that I can no longer associate them, because it ain't got nothing to do with. It don't have. There is a time when you have to stand up. I don't have any. I have friends who have voted for George Bush. 
George Bush was a horrible president, but I don't think George Bush was, I don't think George, people, when you're in charge, you make, I tell people that used to work for me all the time, listen, I'm a person that's going to listen to all ideas, but at the end of the day, I have to make the decision because I'm the boss, and we have to roll with what I say. When you're the boss, we have to roll with what you say. That's how it works in corporate America and all across this country. And you're supposed, even in the military, you're supposed to follow lawful orders. But guess, there's a time when you don't have to follow lawful orders. You know when? When they are breaking the law, when they're unsafe. And that's all I'm trying to say to you folks. This man is breaking the law. He's charging the U.S. taxpayers for rules that the Secret Service are not even staying in. And you think this is okay? We just played for you how Republicans in 2016 made this comment that the American people should have a, a, a say in Rick for the next Supreme Court justice. We just played this for you. For a president who had over 10 months left in his term, these same Republicans are willing to say, we're 40-some we're days out. The primaries have already begun. Early voting has started in some states. But it's okay now? You don't see anything wrong with that? Either you're mentally disturbed or you don't really give a damn about what's going on. As long as you're willing to break the law and do what it takes in order to accommodate you. If that's the case, then guess what? I can't be associated with people like that. It's unbelievable. All right. Time for Chatterbox. Uh, comments, remarks from our uh, world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything that's worth reading out there? I know we're going to rehear something from Tavina, man. you have anything in there that's worth reading, man, from uh, from anybody else? No, just Kavina. Any comments from the chat room? Kavina Man said Mitch He said Mitch is not really hypocritical It's about white, white supremacy Then and it's about Support of white supremacy now It also shows the GOP Lack of confidence that they can keep The Senate and that Trump can win the, can, can win either Uh, we're we're running against time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read a few. Uh, the pastor's checked in. He says, "Peace and blessings, family." Uh, all I have to say is, God is still working on me, and I wasn't always saved. <laughs> all right, pastor. <laughs> all right, so I guess he can, I, I guess he's saying kudos to what we saying. <laughs> Pray for us, pastor. All right, Melvin from Berkeley, California. Bravo, Mister Elias. Call that. Ooh, I can't say that on the air, Melvin. I just call that blank what she is. She is a racist oink oink. Okay, he must be referring to Peggy. Uh, Marietta Music, thanks, Mr. L.E.S. But I know that song. Jay sent it to me three years ago. I play that song at least once a week. And uh, I love y'all and this show. Oh, my God, this show needs to be a must-listen across radio shows all over the nation. I'm going to read one more because we're running out of time. Hold on, let me get this thank you, though. Uh, we're running out of time. Sorry about that. Uh, and one more uh, by a young – let me see. Let me find one. Uh, Maryland from Baltimore, Maryland. Look, Peggy, I'm a loyal Republican, but even I disagree with what she said. Although I do not agree with some of the things that they say on this show, it is a great listen, and I listen because I am trying to make sure I understand what other people are going through, and they have legitimate points, 
and they have even made me rethink about what I'm going to do this November. So if you don't like what they are saying, like Jay say, change the channel. Oh, thanks, Marilyn. I appreciate that. All right, we're going to step out and take a real quick one. And um, and uh, I don't think we are. Hold on for a second. Let me give you guys the opportunity to give your, your final comments on this segment before I do that. All right, uh, real quick, give me uh, got 30 seconds. Vanessa, give me your final comment on this particular segment. Okay, hold on. I have to pull it up because I want to read it. The last day to register to vote uh, in person uh, for Texas for sure is October the 5th. 2020. And I know I posted on my Facebook page um, the show today. So at the sound of my voice or at the recording, please know that the last day to register to vote is October the 5th. Early voting starts in Texas on October the 13th. No matter what we say, no matter what Trump say, no matter what Biden say. Think about the country. Think about the kids' futures and what is at stake and get out and, and cast your vote. Don't don't go back and talk about what you're mad about. Get out and vote. Y'all have a good week. All right. And y'all do some blessings to me. I'm going to Vegas. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> got to throw that out there. All right, give me your final. We're going to come back and say our goodbyes. But we're going to, matter of fact, you know what? We're going to skip the commercial uh, for the last break. Let's just go straight into it. Don't All right, uh, give me your, because since Vanessa just gave us her final thoughts. Um, <laughs> Jerome, I mean, not Jerome, but uh, uh, Johnny, man, give us uh, give us your final thoughts, man, for uh, today's show. All right. Final thoughts. Well, I tell you what, now, I, I actually went as far as writing my final thoughts down because, that, as I said, missing last week. I just had some stuff on my heart. So in my final remarks, because of America's evil deeds like Egypt, Rome, and Babylon before her, America stands before the bar of justice. America is facing a day of judgment, and we can't escape it. God is the judge, and as you can see, God is the administrator of judgment. And if America doesn't atone for its injustices against black people in America, America will suffer the calamities of Babylon. Well, that was well said. Well said. Well said. Still, yes, man, uh, give us uh, your final thoughts uh, for today. Look, folks, this, 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 this clown lied to you about the coronavirus. He lied to you, and he's still lying to you about so much other stuff. And if you don't get out and vote, folks, you don't have a voice. I'm I'm publishing to young people today, like Vanessa's daughter. Look, I know you guys, you know, say this person don't excite me, this person doesn't energize me, but just think about it like this. If they put the right Supreme Court people in, in, in office, you lose your health care, you lose your social security, you lose everything. You'll be working for the rest of your life for nothing. And all my union brothers out there who are voting for this clown, Mitch McConnell, well, Mitch McConnell is trying to take away your, uh, your pension. He's trying to make it so that, hey, if your pension is underfunded and your union is doing the right thing, that the people that get that their pensions are, are funded, they'll share it with everybody, which is bull, which means that the money that I would be getting, I won't get. So for all you people that are voting Republican, stop being stupid. Stop it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm close to retirement, and if I don't get my pension, 
I'm going to have to deal with some of y'all. Using opinions of uh, Miss Deli as his, 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 his They are. <laughs> they are mine. They don't like uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, look, I, I know that uh, people, you know, every now and then there are moments in time where you just have to, you know, forget the core, forget structure, forget radio etiquette, and just speak from the heart. And today was one of those days. Um, you know, normally after I would go on one of these rants, I would probably come back and say I apologize if I offended anybody, but that's not going to happen today because I'm offended, right? I'm offended that I live in a country that are, where, where there are people who don't like me because of the way I look, because of the way I act. I don't have a problem if you don't like me because of something I've done to you because I've said this before. I don't give a damn what color you are if you do something that's going to harm me, my family, my freedom then I'm against you. I don't care. They're bad black cops like they're bad white cops. But at the end of the day, I don't like you because of the way you look or the color of your skin. For those people who I said that if you are Trump supporters, don't call me, I mean that. I really and truly mean that because we are at a moment in our history where you have a man who is just breaking every law that there is. His kids are getting rich by being the, the, the kids of, of the president. He is still running his family business when he said he wouldn't. He said he'd show you his tax returns, but then all of a sudden he's under audit. He won't even now. Now he won't even show you proof that he's under audit. He's a liar. He talks about American heroes, people who have given the ultimate sacrifice. A lot of tables around this country are to have an empty chair because mama, daddy, sister, brother, uncle, niece, nephew, even grandfather and grandmother in some cases are never coming home because they died in war, giving up their life so you can enjoy the freedoms that you enjoy today. We can do a radio show today because people, because of the dead people that are in Arlington Cemetery uh, as we speak. And yet this is a man who didn't want to go to a cemetery because it was going to mess up his hair. Then he lied and said, oh, well, the wind and all this, the rain. Yeah, but General Kelly made it there. But you couldn't. Other world leaders got there, but you didn't show up. He's being laughed at by world leaders across the world, and you still support this man. So all I have to say to you is adios. Good riddance. I hope I never, ever, ever see you. You don't have to call me. I won't shed a tear. And I'm almost tempted to say what I want to say about Rush Limbaugh, but I'm, I'm you know, like the pastor said, you know, God is still working on me. He's still working on me. But, boy, I'm telling you, he got to work harder because I almost just said it right then. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, Mr. Elias. Well, take care of him, Jay. He ain't do Oh, see, see, woo, almost ended. Miss Elias, if it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Who almost did it, Vanessa? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Vanessa, you almost led me down the avenue of despair. Except for Vanessa Jerome, for Johnny, <laughs> Kathleen, and Miss Elias. I'm J. Wow, saying have a wonderful work week. And if it's Sunday, we're talking y'all. serious stuff. I love you too. It's the serious. I God bless, folks. Be safe. Wear a mask. Have a best week. Cha-ching, last. 
I almost said it, Vanessa. You almost ooh. <laughs> Johnny almost went there. Almost went there. Oh Jesus. Almost went there. I'm praying for God to save my soul. Have a wonderful day, folks. God bless you. Uh, be, be blessed. Be week. blessed. Be blessed. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny, for those prayers. Vanessa, take your heathen butt church. You almost made me commit to Austin and saying bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. God bless. <laughs> We all know that on its own, his work does not capture the full measure of Joe Biden. When Joe talks about opportunity for our children, we hear the father who rode the rails home every night so he could be there to tuck his kids into bed. When Joe talks to Gold Star families who've lost a hero, we hear another father of an American veteran, a resilient and loyal and humble servant. The best part is he's nowhere close to finished. 